guys welcome to real talk with angela bless you can catch me every tuesdays and thursdays at 7 p.m eastern time on all platforms you can catch us on iHeartRadio and amazon music too so guys we're gonna get started with the interview we have two amazing guests here today and who one who i always respected and love her when you hear her testimony you're gonna be just like blown away so go ahead and tell me your names and where are you guys from Hey everybody, my name is Gwendolyn Lewis Gaddis. I am from Columbus, Ohio. Ohio State Buckeyes. Woo woo! <laughs> and I reside now here in Tampa, Florida with my handsome, smart, and strong, spirit-filled husband, Robert Gaddis. Okay. <laughs> she already said his name. <laughs> and he's from Jackson, Mississippi by way of Mississippi Valley University. He has been inducted into the SWAC, who ain't SWAC, SWAC Hall of Fame. <laughs> Look, she's answering my questions. <laughs> so where are you all? Okay, you already answered that. Um, how do you guys meet? meet? Go ahead. What we, have we met? How, yeah. We met at a motel. Mm -hmm. I was standing in one room and uh, she was standing in another room. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, she, she kept kept watching me and uh, <laughs> couldn't couldn't help herself. So she had to, uh, <laughs> you know, she had to uh, introduce herself and, 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 and get to know and get to know her brother. And Gwen, what was your story? <laughs> That's his version. The real truth is we were both doing drugs. He was selling them. I was using them. I was a stripper. And I watched him and he was going back and forth on his bicycle. And I'm like, dude, I know you got something. Let me hold it. And he started laughing. He said, you got a pretty smile. I want to be around you. I said, no, no about that. So, and then the rest is history. So let's go back, way back. So um, tell us a little bit about your upbringing from when you was a child into your young adulthood. How was your um, living ra arrangement or your situation? Well, I grew up uh, with uh, four, four sisters. I have four sisters. Mm -hmm. I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle. Uh, very loving family. <clears throat> but it was strange because uh, my mother and father uh, separated, uh, I think when I was about nine or ten. Mm -hmm. And uh, I stayed mostly with my father because eventually my mother, she moved to, I was living in Jackson, Mississippi, and eventually she moved to uh, Chicago, Illinois. Mm -hmm. I think only one of my sisters, uh, my oldest sister, eventually went up there with her. And the other three of us, uh, four of us, we stayed uh, in Jackson. Mm -hmm. so, I got, so I really grew up all my, my uh, former Come bringing up what was done in Jackson, Mississippi. Exactly. So did that, does that did that play a part on your relationship towards women when your mom and your dad split up and you stayed with your dad? No, not really. No. Uh, like I said, you know what? Uh, I had uh, three aunts, mm -hmm. three aunties who treated me just like uh, I was their son because guess what? They didn't at the time. They, I was the only boy. In the in the family at the time, mm -hmm. so I got a lot of love and, and support from those uh, from those women. That's good. And Gwen, how was your upbringing? Well, my upbringing, I was raised in, in a missionary Baptist church. I'm the youngest of eight children. With my, I've had both parents. Um, they what I seen in my family was my mother was always a giver. My father always worked hard. Um, 
they did we did have parties on weekends but my father did my mother she did we did too they just had this with they played cards we played cards and the whole neighborhood like where we lived at everybody um you can run through their yards and stuff like that mm -hmm. but if you got in trouble you're gonna get a whooping over there and you're gonna get a whooping at home however you know but um, that's when we had the village no. before people start saying stop being nosy and leave my children alone right <laughs> that's the truth right there <laughs> and so and so that that experience for me my mother always made all of our clothes i was teased um in school because i was light-skinned and i had uh, a nice texture of hair mm -hmm. so i was always teased and bullied and that carried on hmm, into high school until I start smoking weed and got bold mm -hmm. <laughs> with the alcohol, you know what I mean? And now I'm bold like, oh, you want to talk about me now? I'm ready to fight. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the growing up, um, I was the youngest of five. It was eight of us. Mm -hmm. Seven of us survived, though. Um, but the youngest of eight, five girls and two boys. So I was spoiled until I was 43 years old. And I wouldn't advise that. <laughs> you know, but I still had responsibilities and was disciplined, you know what I'm saying? And all all those things. My mom was a we moved and we moved again like from the dirt road to the house on the hill. Wow. And we had two houses on the hill. My mom had two homes with uh handicapped mentally retarded children. Mm -hmm. So I was doing that from the 4th grade until I was 24 years old. So when they, when you was getting bullied, we call it bullying now. Did it plays a fat uh, effect on your um, self esteem? Uh, absolutely, mm -hmm. it absolutely did because I would I would minimize my potentials, you know, because I didn't want nobody to talk about me. I wanted to fit in. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a part of. Well, well, let me not get all A's. Let me get a B's and some C's, you know. So they won't say, oh, she thinks she all that. Look at her. Are you black? Are you white? Are you Spanish? Do mm -hmm. you know what you are? <laughs> it's sad because um, you're talking about a Jasmine, my daughter. She's light, she's lighter than her if you see Gwen. And um, she, it, it still happens right now today because she's light-skinned and she had like pretty curly, thick hair and they mm -hmm. told her, you should perm your hair. And she curled her hair and was crying. You know, so it plays, I understand it plays a part because you have to go through a, a certain part of healing and deliverance in order to get you to where you are at right now in life absolutely yeah so um when it comes to the drugs and stuff you know we all have a past and i mean i'm sure you know my testimony he hasn't heard my testimony yet mm -hmm. um um how did you start on the path of getting on drugs addicted to drugs and so forth <laughs> for me um okay growing up well like i said we had parties and stuff like that so my father be like, go get me, a, go get us another one. So we were the little waitresses, you know, mm -hmm. me and the family, I mean, the other children in the neighborhood. And we were drinking Pap's Blue Ribbon and drinking, camp, smoking cigarettes, camel mm -hmm. cigarettes. So just playing house and stuff like that. But nothing ever really happened. So they, to me, drinking and smoking was fun. Mm -hmm. And then I grew up and got, the, got in school, then got in junior high school and the bullying stopped a little bit because now I was um, cheerleaders and drill teams and stuff like that. So I was kind of popular. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it was easy for me to have access to weed. So mm -hmm. to fit in, I started selling joints. Yeah, You know what I mean? And so everybody admired me and would come to me and cling on to me because I had what they needed now. Mm -hmm. So I fit it in. I'm a part of it and everybody likes me. Mm -hmm. Right? So that was the cover up for the drugs with the drug part. It maxed. 
it masks that um, insecurity yeah. and the low self-esteem yeah. that I had, you know. So, and then from there, then I stopped. I finished high school. I got pregnant and didn't use drugs anymore. Then I went to a community college mm -hmm. and I was stopping the bar every day and have a drink and, you know. And what about you, sir? We're going to get on what he does. He used to do for a living, though. But besides that, how did you start selling drugs? Well, you know what? Uh, I grew up uh, with my, uh, my mother and my aunt. They all worked in cafes, mm -hmm. and eventually, my matter of fact, my my aunt, she was running the cafe too. As a matter of fact, and I worked in them. Mm -hmm. And back in back then, uh, they had the gambling going on and uh, selling uh, because we I, I lived in a dry county, mm -hmm. so we had to sell liquor. Uh, Explain I, what a dry county is, because a lot of people don't know it. It's a county that that doesn't allow uh, liquor to be sold. Okay. Not hard liquor. Hard liquor. Uh, okay. Only beer. Mm. And not even wine. In order for a person to get some wine, they had to go to another county. County, yeah. Right. And uh, so we used to do that. Go to another county, get the uh, get the liquor, and we would uh, bootleg it out of the, out of the uh, the back door of the cafe. Use a bootlegger. So and then and then around the gambling, uh, <laughs> the card games, and and, and, and shooting the dice. Uh, I always saw that. I used to cut dice. Mm -hmm. Cut the dice game. That man, you know, what I'm saying that's the, the house man. You get a cut of whoever wins. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I uh, grew up around that environment. So uh, it was fast money, easy money, quick money. Yeah. So basically, yeah. I, I used to sell drugs. I sold. I paid my debt in jail and juvenile jail. But yeah, that was that was easy money that burned through your hand real quick too. Uh, moving along, so if you guys don't know, let me start off with him real quick before I jump back into it. Mr. Gaddis, why do they call you Bob? Why is your nickname Bob? For um, because when I Google you up, they, I just saw Bob. I'm like, hold up, is this the same one? And I saw the picture. I'm like, well, he kind of looked like in the face, and it was you, yeah. For oh. football, yeah. So, guys, if you don't know who he is, Bob, I mean Robert Gaddis, he is a wide receiver. Was a wide receiver. He's still a wide receiver of Christ. Uh, he played for Jackson Valley State, right? No, Mississippi Valley. I'm sorry, Mississippi Valley State. Um, he was number 13 round draft pick, right? Yep. Uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he went on to play for the Buffalo Bills. Then let me know if I'm wrong. And you went on to play five season in the CFL. Am I right or wrong? Right. Okay, good. So I can't find your stats for some reason. So what inspired you to play football? And we have a legend here. So, not, you know, they be hiding out in the cities and stuff so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I played all sports. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I played all sports. Uh, if, if, if it had a ball in the end of it, I played it. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, football, basketball. As a matter of fact, in uh, junior high, I played football, basketball, ran track, and I also played tennis. Mm -hmm. So uh, it does... You know, it, it, I was athlete. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I, I recognized early on that uh, that I had good speed and hand and eye coordination, which is something that uh, for athletes that uh, that's necessary. But to be a number thirteen of all um, drafted pick, that that is amazing. I believe they say out of like four hundred something, I don't know, is it from your state alone or from? It can't be worldwide, but is it for worldwide? Okay, so that's that's amazing within itself. What kind of um, trials and tribulations you had to face while playing sports? What kind of um, roadblocks you probably came through or whatever? 
not many because uh, no racism. You dealt with none of no, that. No, because uh, at the time when uh, in in the seventies, uh, we we were uh, not only were we accepted, uh, we were pretty much recruited. Yes, that's right. So so that uh, because uh, you know it it was evident that our skills were uh, a little more up to date than uh, a lot of the other uh, races. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so what? So you just want to play sports? To, what to get some time off your hand or what? No, I played sports because uh, I, first of all, I, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was I was pretty much good at it, and uh, then I saw it was a way for me to get to college. Man. And I always wanted to go to college. So did you any like? Did you even think that you would ever made it to the NFL? Of course. Did. You didn't look. He said, "Of course, he uh, did." Uh, <laughs> I can remember. Uh, I was in the. Uh, third grade and uh, a, uh, a principal or somebody came around and was just questioning uh, uh, all the students in the classroom and they, I'll never forget the guy he asked me uh, what did I want to be when I grew up and I told him professional football player. Oh wow that's, uh, that's amazing. And so throughout your career um, what, how did you I want to say you didn't fall off Maybe God put you to a different path. What happened after the season was over? Did you not want to play anymore? Oh, you talking after my career? Mm-hmm. No, no, I didn't. Uh, I figured I'd just get back into mainstream uh, America, uh, get a job. Uh, you know, I had I was married at the time, had the two kids, three kids, mm -hmm. and I was just going to fit in. Gotcha. You know, and just, just, just do the, uh, the husband thing. You say do the husband thing. <laughs> as a couple, as a married couple, what tests and trials did you both um, face in your marriage? Into my life. Throughout, right? Okay, for so I'm gonna back up for a few minutes, real briefly. So Robert got clean before I did. Mm -hmm. um, he has 23 years of being clean with Narcotics Anonymous, and I'm congratulations. I have 19. Good. But the first four years of his using, I mean, his clean, with him being clean, I continued to use. Mm -hmm. um, and then I seen the change in him because mm -hmm. I kept getting arrested doing the same thing. Like, I've been arrested 26 times. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how, I didn't know how to live life without using drugs or drinking. Mm -hmm. But he demonstrated it to me. I, I, he, I, I want to say he's, God put him in my life. And he saved me from an abusive relationship. Because mm -hmm. um, all I knew was fighting. You know, being in an abusive relationship for 15 years. Because I was sex trafficked from Tampa. I mean, from Columbus, Ohio to Tampa. Wow. They call it sex trafficking. It's pimping. Pimpin', it's yeah. still the same yeah. thing, you know. But anyway, long story short, so he introduced me back to love, to genuine love, mm -hmm. because I thought love, well, I didn't thought, I knew love became perverted when I was with this person. Mm -hmm. And I didn't also, because of that, I was conditioned to having sex and fighting, makeup love, you know, makeup sex. Mm -hmm. So nonetheless, um, then he got clean and then I decided, I was like, God's, I, can't, I don't know how to stop using. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to stop. I know how to pause, but I don't know how to stop. Mm -hmm. And so I cried out to God one night and, and I heard him speak to me mm -hmm. and he used the rat by way of demonstration. Mm -hmm. However, so that night, March 29th, March 28th, 2003, 
I wanted to commit suicide, mm -hmm. right? So I got clean, went to rehab for six months, got out, turned my life over to Christ. And, you know, you get convicted by a whole bunch of things when you get saved. Yeah. And so the Holy Spirit was like, well, either you're going to live for Christ or you're going to go back and do the same thing and live the life you were before. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to make a decision. I'm like, well, so what do you mean? He said, you're going to have to get get married or get going. I'm like, wait a minute. Why, how are you talking to me like this, Jesus? <laughs> right? And so I was like, okay, well, uh, babe. and I was scared to ask him because I thought he was going to leave me. Yeah. Right? So I'm like, so I'm like uh, I want to live right for Christ. And so either we're going to have to get married or, you know, or not. Like what? He said, well, where you think you're going? Ooh, I start crying. I said, well, I did the ring thing before Beyonce did. Gonna put, a <laughs> ring. <laughs> put a ring on it. And he did. And we got married. And then the first 10 years of our marriage, um, I joined church and I was faithful in church. I was in going to school for my associates, my bachelor's and my master's degree. Mm -hmm. And he still wasn't in church. He would come on, what, holidays? Yes. Oh, tell them which holidays you come to church for. Well, I grace you with my beauty on uh, <laughs> uh, Christmas, uh, New Year, uh, Easter, and, uh, maybe, and maybe once or two, two other times in, in between. Right. So he would support me if I was having any event or had to minister in any kind of way. He would show up for that. And so in the meantime, behind the scenes and at home, I was like, I need you to be in church. And then God was like, leave him alone. Mm. He said, if I can't keep him, he can't be kept. Exactly. Right. Wow. So before we got married, it was like no more sex. I'm like, hold up, Jesus. You mm -hmm. cannot let me not have none. Right? Because they say, Jesus didn't say, they say, if you don't give him some, he going to get some from somewhere else. Yeah. Right? Yeah. God said, if he can't keep him, then if God, God told me, if I can't keep him, he can't be kept. Wow. That's a good one. So for the whole year before our marriage, we did, I ain't getting none. He ain't getting none either. It wasn't no year. Well, how long was it? I don't know. It wasn't no year. <laughs> Anyway, so, you know, and then we got married and like all hell broke loose because the devil don't like holy matrimony. Mm -hmm. So I'm praying. He kicking doors. He waking up in the middle of the night after I fast for three days. Right. He listened to Benny, Benny Hinn is on. You know, he got people interpreting for him. He wake up out of sleep talking about turn that bleep bleep <laughs> off. And I looked, I'm like, show up and go to sleep. And I was like, oh, I got power. Right? Because <laughs> even the dog obeyed me when I was fasting. <laughs> I was so amazed. But, you know, it wasn't easy. But all I knew how to do was to keep my eyes on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because he said, the way that your heart is towards me is the way your heart is towards your husband. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm like, well, I got to get right. Yeah. You know? And the way your heart is towards your husband is the way your heart is towards me. And I'm glad you listen because, it, you know, it's not that I be taken up for guys and I tell females all the time when I do do my podcast and talk to people, you can't force a man to do anything. Mm -mm. You, he's not a child. He has to come willingly. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But that's amazing. What made you keep fighting for your marriage even though she, she went ahead and got saved and you was lingering? Do he know about the incident what you told me? <laughs> huh? I don't know. I'm not sure. 
So, you know, I'm so amazed because, you know, people do watch you. You know, Gwen, you know, Gwen used to get on my nerves sometimes, but I still love Gwen because she, she's a strong, anointing, amazing woman of God. She went through so much, but so she, but she is amazing. And so I used to look, I didn't know, was, I didn't know she was married at time. I'm like, man, that's your husband. Because I saw her hugging on him. I'm like, why you hugging on that man like that? And so <laughs> I started seeing him coming to church with you. I'm like, hold up. And then I started seeing him beat you to church. Yeah. And so Gwen told me. <laughs> <laughs> so you can, this, tell him, tell you can tell him. You can tell so him. So Gwen told me that, baby, when I take a bath, I get in that bed and brought that, that holy oil over me and rub it all over him and be the prayer. He don't even know. <laughs> look, look, the Holy Spirit is like, he used to get on my nerve. And I'm like, okay, and God be like, you're not battling against flesh and blood. You're not battling against wow. flesh and blood. And I'm like, whatever. So I would get a shower and I would anoint my parts, my my breast, you know, mm -hmm. my my thighs and the top of my feet. He laughing because he trying to know. <laughs> and I get in the bed, ladies, and I spoon him. <laughs> and shamahabalabarashata over him. You hear me? And pray over him. And I, I, the oil that's on the top of my feet, I was hitting the bottom of his feet. Just mm -hmm. praying, just praying. You know, and he will wake up greasy. Sheets be greasy, but guess what? That's how I entered. God showed me how to intercede for my husband. Amen. And today he's a deacon. Yes, he is. I was shouting too when they ignored to you. So even though he ain't know me. <laughs> <laughs> but what made you fight for your marriage though? What made you stay just stay? What, 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 the thing about it, I, I never was against God or the church or anything. The reason I, I I would tell her to cut this thing down because I had to get up and go to work. The next it was entering that depth, that spirit. I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> I was just playing. Right. No, it was like, she she was going to school, mm -hmm. so she could stay up all day mm -hmm. and do her work. Yeah, I had to get up in the morning. Gotcha. And, and, it's, and, and even today, it's hard for me. Once I wake up, it's hard for me to go back, back to, sleep. to sleep. Right. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and see that's the part that she didn't understand mm -hmm. it wasn't that I was against uh, what she was doing because like I said I always uh, uh, whatever she needed needed to do I was always supporting Supporter, her yeah. mm -hmm. it, it, it was easy because I knew her spirit mm -hmm. I knew what she was about I knew what she wanted so if she wanted it I wanted it for her so what led you to Christ she already told what led her to Christ well you know what uh I grew up in the church. Mm -hmm. I grew up going to church. Uh, you know what I'm saying, and uh, knowing God, believing in God. But I had gotten like a, what what we call. Uh, I tell you, Erica Badu. She has this song, and then she says most people say they don't believe in God, but they fear Him just the same. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was the fear of God, knowing God and having the fear of it, and then and and, and then. I don't want to say church. I want to reverse that the relationship with Christ. Because mm. right. you can have church good. anywhere, but for That's you to have good. an intimate relationship with Jesus Himself, to mm. know Him and read His Word, when did you guys, you know, you reintroduce yourself or He reintroduced Himself to you? I tell you what, I never forget. Uh, you know, I had started coming to church on a, on a semi-regular basis, mm -hmm. and uh, I started liking what I was hearing. Mm -hmm. uh, we weren't getting the the church or the religion side of it we was getting the spiritual part of it mm -hmm. and I was always I always could relate to the spiritual part because uh, it was I could understand it better mm -hmm. you know and uh, I can tell you what one day I'll never forget it 
I was uh, I had I had done a job, and I was leaving that job to go to another job. And when I got in my car, and I cut my radio on, the music playing, uh, one radio station playing, he was in the secular music, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm and I said to myself, I don't, I don't know where this came from. Well, I do know where it came from now. Mm-hmm. It was the Holy Spirit. And I said to myself, uh, why when I get in my car, I always play this music? Why I can't play some of the gospel? Why am I, Why don't I have a gospel station on? You know, and I just said to myself, and I'm going on down the street. I'm still listening to uh, Luther Vandross or mm-hmm. whoever was on it. And I'm, you know, milling out. I'm going down, and I stop at this red light. A car pulled up beside me, and this white guy, this white man, middle-aged white man, he rolled his window down, and he said to me, he said, uh, "My music plays t- talks about love." Oh, right. And uh, I'm so I'm saying to myself, well, you must you must ain't heard uh, Luther Vandross. <laughs> but then he said, and so then I said, I said, okay, so I said, so what station is that? And he told me it was a gospel station, ninety one point five. And I said, okay, man. I said, thank you, right? And then the light changed. He took off, and I took off. And I was saying to myself, wow, ain't that something? I was just asking for that. Hmm. And this here here I am a black man listen to what I'm listening to here's this white guy and he came up and he gave me the answer that I needed and he didn't even know who you were didn't know who I was and, I, and I'm of a different color and, and everything else and it didn't bother him the main thing was it didn't bother him to intercede and to let me know so I had to, I had, you know, I had to internalize all of that. That's called being at the right place at the right, right time. That was God sent. <laughs> no doubt about it. God sent. Wow, I never knew that. That's cool. Yeah. So throughout your football um, year that you played, um, do you feel like you you could have changed something different in your life, or? Oh, it's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. I could have been a better player. Always. Oh, I, I, you know what? I guess this is about. Any athlete, any professional athlete, mm-hmm. uh, you always I always hear them say that. Anytime you I always them. Yeah. think that you could have been done something a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, but other than but an athlete, I just wish I had been a better father. Mm-hmm. Okay, and good. A better good. husband. Yeah, uh, and a better person. Yeah. Uh, you know. So when um so you look at the athletes today, how they're getting hurt easily, or they're leaving um out of the sports within three years. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? You know, I see a lot of concussions now. A lot of after I know they're not built how you guys was because y'all probably was tackling cows and horses <laughs> and stuff back in the day. But without I see a helmet. without a helmet. But I see less of them staying longer than maybe three years or four years or getting hurt. And then you know you see them one minute, um, like like a lot of them I see. Most of them I see they walk right. They can't walk no more or something like that. Well, you know what? Now I I, I beg the difference on that because uh, guys nowadays. Are bigger, stronger, and faster mm-hmm. than we were. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you guys endure more. Well, we we endure it more because we didn't have an uh, outlet. Oh, you know, we didn't have an outlet. Gotcha. Uh, we got concussions back then too. Y'all just shaked it off and kept playing. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Uh, you get smelling salts put on your nose, ammonia capsule mm-hmm. snap under your nose. And uh, you, you you get back to your senses and and, and you go back to play because mm-hmm. uh, the main thing that uh, any athlete uh, athlete want to do you want to be on the playing field. Mm-hmm. If you it's a thing we were saying, if you can run, you can play. 
<laughs> I still hear him say that today. Mm -hmm. Coach Trevor, if you know, <laughs> boy, Coach Trevor so old school, but the parents do not like him. But he's really, yeah. when I tell you he's good, he's good. He, he says the same thing. <laughs> you can run, you can play. That's the only thing that will, usually will stop a, a player from running is he can't move. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it was just ingrained. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we did it because, uh, I did because I, I liked the game. Looking at the sports now because it's more um, sponsors for them. You get to do more things now. Back in the day, you couldn't use your name. Well, you could, but the people would get paid for it now. Right. They don't change everything. So the athletes is the one that get paid for the sponsorships and so forth like that. Um, moving along, you're about to be indicted into where again? Go ahead. Swack Hall of Fame. <laughs> that, what is that's it? His, that is the... Uh, the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Mm -hmm. It is one of the uh, one of the conferences of the HBCUs, mm -hmm. Black College uh, University. Okay. How are you feeling about that? Are you already, How do you feel about that? Are you already they already indicted? You already winning everything? No, no. Uh, the ceremony is going to be uh, December the sixteenth mm -hmm. and the seventeenth, which is going to be at the Celebration Bowl mm -hmm. uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, which is the uh, our Black college championship game. Oh, okay. That's that's what it's going to be. And uh, I, I, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Are you excited? Yes, I am. As a matter of fact, uh, I had some friends we was talking uh, just earlier and uh, and he was telling me uh, there's going to be some places that I'm going to be at that I'm going to be the only person with that with that entitlement. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh and I'll tell you what, like I told him, I said, you know what, man, it's not really going to uh, really sink in until I Actually, yeah, put that yeah. jacket on and put that ring on my finger and stand mm -hmm. before the crowd and wave. Amen. That, ooh, that's amazing. Um, go ahead. Mm -hmm. You're looking back on your life. Would, um, would you have changed anything that you went through in life? Would I have changed anything? I Yes, I think... Hold on, I'm going to stop it there. I'm going to stop it there. Mm -hmm. Remember one time uh, we was having this this, this discussion, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I was I had uh, I had told her about uh, my ex-wife that when she had moved when she had moved from Tampa to Houston, uh, I said and they thought that I would would, would would come to Houston with them, and uh, and she she got a little snarly. She asked me, "Oh, uh, well, why didn't you go?" <laughs> And I simply said, then I wouldn't have met you. So mm -hmm. when we talk about changing things, we have to be careful about what we uh Good, good, good. What we say we will change. That's good. I never heard that before, but that is good. It registered into my spirit. No for real. Mine's too. So with that I'm gonna redirect <laughs> Since he would have never met me, I thank God for everything that has ever happened. Because it's because who you are now, yeah. Ordained and intentionally orchestrated by God, and I'm grateful for that because my husband he reintroduced me to love, mm -hmm. and with that I learned how to love me. Amen. Um, I learned how to use the things that happened in my past as stepping stones to who I am today. Mm -hmm. Um, God has opened doors with me being arrested 26 times. I've every job I've ever had, I was always promoted, mm -hmm. you know, being the light in a dark place. But 
having a master's degree in heaven, being a certified mental health coach, a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling, and being a certified life coach. I didn't know all of that. I knew she was a life coach and an evangelist. But I never knew that um, she had those degrees and stuff like that. See, you never know. That's why you got to get to know pe some people in church. Well, let me say That's why you got to get to know people in church. <laughs> yeah. And, and people. <laughs> so, and so with that, because people didn't think I would ever amount to anything. I remember I went out looking for a job after I got out of re when I was in rehab. That's mm -hmm. one of the requirements. And it was, don't call us, we'll call you. Mm -hmm. Don't call us, we'll call you. And... Uh, I, when I tell you God opened up doors, people looked at me and decided to give me a chance. Mm -hmm. And with that, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that my husband never gave up on me. He always supported me in all that I, all my endeavors, no matter how sideways they seem. But I listen to my husband. I sometimes kick rocks, you know, but I do listen to him and I do take his suggestions. And for that, I'm grateful. But I wouldn't have changed in there. I also have an adult son. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm grateful for my path because where I'm at today, during, the, during his trials and his journeys, I was able to be that mother that he needed when it was time to show up. Mm -hmm. You see? Because I left him with my parents. I was like, oh, we'll be back. That's what I was told I was coming back. Mm -hmm. So something told me, which I, like my husband said, I didn't know then, but I know now that it was the Holy Spirit that said, leave your son with your child because they're going to raise him like they raised you and he'll be fine. You know, and it's like, oh, we'll be back. We're just taking my brother down to Florida to work on the port and, and the rest of it is history. So, so um, moving along. Amazing. Oh, well, I'm gonna, at the end, we'll tell you. Uh, what have been some of your, your wilderness moments? When I say wilderness, I mean, you guys already told your testimony. Like, what have been some of your moments that you've been going through the wilderness and you wanted to turn back, but you kept going? Mm -hmm. It could be anything. It don't have to be sports. It could be anything in your life. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. Uh, personally, I have an addictive personality. Mm-hmm. And once I start something, it, it's, it's almost impossible to, to to turn back. Could that be a competitive uh, part of no you? No doubt about it. Okay. No doubt about it. And uh, because I started liking church, and when I like something, I stick with it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's just that's just the way it is. So I, I haven't had any any moments uh, where I wanted to. Uh, to turn back, mm -hmm. uh, you know, God's been so amazing, and and, and His His grace and His mercy uh, showing up. I mean, it's showing up not only uh, not only in my marriage, but in, in my in my family life and in my friends. Man, you know, I, you know, I, I have I have men who who uh, who actually with within reason would do anything for me. Yeah. You know, I have friends that uh, I mean, I have friendships that uh, that we've had over fifty years. I have friends that I've been been, been friends with over ever since I started school, and we see each other on, and talk to each other on a regular basis. That's good. Yeah. What about you, man? I've I've had had no even in my addiction there was no wilderness. I've all even when I was using I still believed in God. Mm -hmm. There were certain things that I still wouldn't do, mm -hmm. and now that being on this side of grace. How much even more, mm -hmm. you know, do I embrace that? So the wildernessness, like I don't want to, 
I've never desired to go back to where I came from. Exactly. There, there's nothing there. Mm -hmm. And when the enemy, he's, he comes to kill, still and destroy. He comes with temptations, mm -hmm. you know, but there's a void in people's soul that the only thing that can be filled with is with spiritual food. And that's what's necessary. And with that being, you'll always be watered. You'll always be full. You'll, you, your, your fruit will never dry out, you know. And then not only that, even during the pandemic, my husband, we continued to work throughout the whole pandemic. Mm -hmm. It had no effect on us. You know what I mean? And so I'm grateful for that. But as far as wilderness moments, no. Mm -hmm. You know, nothing that made me want to commit suicide, even as a believer, mm -hmm. you know, um, nothing that made me want to leave, nothing that made me want to give up. Now, are there, are there certain little goals that I set for myself and, and haven't completed them? Uh, yes, but I, I, I have learned a long time ago to quit quitting, you know. Stop stopping when things don't go the way I think that they should, <laughs> you know, just giving up. So because if I believe in God, I know that he's going to give me the strength to do what needs to be done and to fulfill the desires of my heart. So before we I get to this last question, but I want so Gwen through her throughout her journey, um, tell them what you do now. I yeah yeah. So where at church or at, at, <laughs> at the the people that you help out? Okay, so what I do I work with uh, mental health and substance abuse ladies, and I've been I've worked in different facilities for the last I want to say seventeen years, mm -hmm. and so God has opened up doors for me <laughs> to do what I what He has called me to do, but what I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm also a counselor for anger resolution, and my husband says to me sometime that I need to uh, go and do one of my worksheets, right? <laughs> he, he has jokes, but that's what, <laughs> you know, I, I do those. But I work with mental health and substance abuse, um, women and men. I also help families coach their children, especially with their anger issues. Good. Yeah. That's good. Much needed. Much needed in, yes. in our generation. And like, do they need a voucher to get to you or no, a referral? Come to Center for Manifestation. Okay. Or they can gfgaddis at gmail dot com for a health mental health coach or life coach. Good. Definitely, we definitely need to get you into the schools too. Get you yeah. on some type of contract. The, um, well, we're gonna talk about that another day about the superintendent. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so we know about Mr. Robert. So he is actually Deacon Robert now. Yes. <laughs> so what are you do What are you doing now? Well, also I'm, I'm work for the uh, uh, mental health and substance abuse. Okay. For, for men at a different facility, and uh, I also have my own uh, little side thing that I do, which is uh. <laughs> Uh, uh, housing rehabilitation. Okay. Yeah, I do uh, home maintenance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, he he do everything from the roof to the to the wall. He'll build a house. He'll fix anything. Wow. He laid wood, tile. I'm telling you, that's that old school people. I don't listen. Some of these young folks, <laughs> my dad like that. He could he could build a whole house. Like yes. whoa, it's just old school. So before we end this, I want you guys starting with you. Um. 
Miss Glenn, I want you to encourage anyone that may be going down the same path that you're going down and they may need um, a push towards um, the right direction. What would you tell them? You know what? That's 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 a good question. I not too long ago, a young lady was telling me how she thought she wanted to be a stripper because she she's nice looking mm -hmm. and and I was letting her know like I already did that for you. Mm -hmm. There's nothing there because you sell your soul to the devil. You know that whole lifestyle is not fulfilling, and the money comes with a whole bunch of other things so you really don't want to do that spend your time seeking for jesus there's nothing too hard for god drugs and alcohol doesn't doesn't solve anything it just masks what's yes. really going on inside of you so you have to do an internal inventory of yourself on a daily basis and just be honest yeah be honest with yourself about how you feel and why. Get to the why so you can get to you and walk out in your full potential. And it's a daily walk. So you have to do it because no one else is going to do it for you. That's right. You right. got to constantly battle those demons that's in your mind and along the path of the uh, distractions. And those that are around you that's not supporting you the right way. You need to get rid of them. They so, got to go in order for you to continue to cross that line yeah. over. And even you, after you cross that line, you got to continue praying and fighting for your blessing. Yeah, but you have to maintain your freedom yeah. once you get it. And you maintain your salvation. Because everybody's not going to like you. You're yeah. not for everybody. And yeah. everybody's not for you. So don't, be, don't feel like you're alone. Because Jesus said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Yes, indeed. And you, Mr. Gaddis and Mr. Robert. Anyone that may want to play sports, anyone that may want to follow down your footsteps, for you being the, is he the first black? He's the only man in the world to win two championships in two different countries. Wow. Canada and the United States. Oh, she did her research on them. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to be indicted into the what again? This is, what this is, is it? Into SWAC. Southwestern Athletic Conference Hall of Fame. That's amazing. So what would you tell anyone that want to follow in your footsteps? Well, uh, first of all, uh, realize one thing first, that sports is not the end. It's not the end. And don't let it be the beginning. Uh, you know, I, I went in and like I said, I wanted to make sure that uh, I would get a college degree, mm -hmm. and I did, and because uh, there was always always told that like you, I mean you said it earlier, uh, athletics only play sometimes three three to five years mm -hmm. is a is a long time in sports nowadays, mm -hmm. and uh, so that, so you're gonna have to uh, rely on something else after you get out. Exactly. So uh, having that education and the broaden your horizon, uh, my wife said it, uh, seek out God. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you follow him, I can tell you now, you won't go wrong. I know that's right. That's right. All right, guys, this includes the interview. Stay tuned.